Hello, Friday evening, great Friday evening to everyone out there. I am Pastor Sean Davis, and this is Financial Fridays presented by Marshall Davis Ministries. We are so glad that you're joining us this evening. Go ahead and share right now. Hit that share button. If you're following us on Facebook Live, you can also go over to the Twitter page at WordMD of Apostle Dr. Marshall Davis, and you can follow us now right there as we simulcast over there on the Twitter page and also the Facebook page of Chicagoland Christian Center. So happy to have you in with us this evening. And once again, we're so happy to have Elder Alonzo Hinton to give us biblical principles connected to financial principles that is going to cause us to be blessed in our finances going into 2021. My brother, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing fantastic. I'm looking forward to this today. How are you? I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful. So we're going to go right ahead and let you get started. Go ahead and bless the people of God. If you have any questions, go ahead and type those questions in. We are able to see those and we'll make sure that Elder Hinton can answer those in the midst of tonight's consultation. All right. How's everybody out there doing on Financial Fridays? Happy Friday. Happy Friday evening. Thank you for sharing your time with us. Today, we're going to talk about minimizing risk while uh, getting involved in the stock market because we, you know, the stock market goes up and down. And as it goes up and down, you either gain money or you lose money. Right. So we want to minimize the amount of money we lose. We don't want to lose all of our investment. We want to do as much as we can. The point, one of the points of risk management is not that things won't go wrong, but that you can manage the things that go wrong. So we want to protect our capital. One of the things I'm learning as I continue to uh, get involved in investing, one of the main things you have to remember is to protect your capital. We want to make money, but we don't want to make money at the risk of losing our capital. So learning how to manage your risk while, while being investing is a great tool to learn. If we can pop up the second screen, I don't know if you guys can see it, but I have a, a a, a, a shot that shows what happens when you lose a percentage of your income and how much you have to gain back to re, to break even. So if you lose 10% of your income, give me one second, we'll get it up. As soon as you're, while you're talking, I'll bring it up. Okay. So if you lose 10% of your income, you have to make 11.1% to break even. If you lose 15% of your, uh, your investment, you have to gain 17.7 almost 18 percent and then if you lose 20 percent of your investment you have to gain 25 percent to break even if you lose 25 percent of your investment you have to get hit 33 percent to break even if you lose 30 percent 40 almost 43 percent to break even 35 percent almost 54 percent to break even at 40 percent you have to gain 67% to break even, and then 45%, 82% to break even. At 50%, if you lose 50% of your capital, you have to gain 100% just to break even. And then at 60%, you have to gain 150% to break even. And then if you lose 70% of your capital, you have to gain 233% just to break even. So understand that those numbers are just to break even. So if you lose 50% of your capital, you have to gain 100% just to break even. So because of that, we want to talk about strategies that will help you 
minimize your risk or mitigate your risk as you go along and you invest, you have your capital out there. One of the first things you have to do is you have to define your goals and identify risk. An individual, you have to, as an individual, you have to clearly define your personal goals and what will constitute a positive outcome for you personally, not for anybody else, but for you. We all have different risk tolerances based on our age. Younger people probably have a higher risk tolerance because they're going to be investing longer. And if you're a little older, your risk tolerance is going to be lower because you're going to be retiring soon. You have to have a clear set of goals which are vital to being able to correctly identify all potential risks. And to identify these risks, you have to consider just not the conditions that are going on currently, but also potential future scenarios. So what is, for example, so what would happen, all of us are looking forward to the day when the COVID vaccinations uh, are completed and everybody can go outside and do what we do. That's how why the stock market has continually gone up and look forward to that day. But what happened if something happens and that can that doesn't go the way we planned it? We have to prepare for all those eventualities as we protect our capital. And then we can't un underestimate any high-packed event, even if it seems unlikely to happen. So when the stock market mar dropped in March, when the restrict March of 2020, when all the restrictions came, I was at work and people was looking at their investments and they were like, oh, no, it dropped by this percentage, this percentage. If you have strategies in place, you don't have to worry about that as much. And then you have to enhance your or build your decision making skills. One of the most critical aspects of risk management is the execution of effective risk management actions. So you have to have a plan in place and then you have to be able to execute it like that. While you not might be able to avoid every potential risk, you have need to have time and attention need to be focused on possible ways to minimize a risk if something happened. And there you see on the screen, which I talked about, the different losses incurred and what you have to gain to break even. So once again, at 10%, you have to gain 11%. And then you can see it on the screen, as we mentioned earlier, we'll go to the last three at 50% loss of capital. You have to gain 100% to break even at 60%. You have to gain 150% gain to break even. And then if you lose 70% of your capital, you have to gain over 200% just to break even. So that's why we're coming up with these investment strategies that mitigate risk. And you can take that off the screen when you get ready. And then we have to analyze risk and develop a plan, a mitigation plan to limit that risk. So one of the main principles in risk management is to consider all worst case scenarios. Now I know that doesn't fit in today's age where we don't wanna talk about bad news or negative things, but we have to understand that the worst can happen and we can't plan for an event if we don't acknowledge that it may happen. It's extremely important that we have a backup plan for future risk scenarios just in case they do happen. And then, so the, the next thing we're going to talk about is the, are these different strategies. The first thing you want to do is you want to diversify your sectors. So as you invest, you shouldn't put all your money in one sector. So what are you talking about? Sectors, Elder Hinton. So there are different market sec sectors when you invest, but and the company is as fits in these different sectors. Basic materials, conglomerates, consumer goods, uh, financial services, healthcare, industrial goods, technology, and utilities. So we have to have a good balance of those sectors in order 
to make sure that our portfolio isn't affected. So, for instance, uh, I did some trading with uh, Bank of America on the other day. So uh, I was pretty happy about what was going on as I traded the uh, profit I was taking in. And if you've been paying attention to the financial sector stocks, we all know that different banks are making their earning announcements starting today and next week. So my money was going up. It was looking good. Then I got up and looked at the futures and the futures chart trending downward. And that told me automatically that there was some negative, not just the futures, but all the all the set, all the banks in the financial sector start trending downward. That told me there was some negative news that was going to come out today regarding these different uh, earnings. So if you paid attention, that's exactly what happened. And that's what happened when one area is affected. Every company in that area tends to either go down or go up. And that's why we have to have our investments in different sectors, not just in one sector. That gives us the ability to minimize risk. The best strategy is to pick great stocks across a variety of sectors that lower your risk of and, and prevent failing sector momentum. So once again, diversify your sectors. Number two, we have to avoid earning surprises. So once again, we talked about the earning surprise with the banking, where I was able to base what I was doing based on the information I received this morning. So and so how can you predict earnings? You really can't predict earnings because if a company is going to have negative earnings, more than likely they're going to want to hold that to the last minute. Right. Because, you know, all these guys get paid for their stock prices to go up. So they want to manage that as much as possible. So why you love a positive earning surprise is the danger associated with them. Sometimes you're surprised because analysts haven't been able to predict the forecast earnings with uh, with accuracy. On the one hand, surprises are to be expected in certain areas. And then on the other hand, what happens if it goes way over like 30 cents to one dollar per share? So the analysts aren't always accurate. So what are some of the signs that a company might have future earnings surprises, either good or bad? Number one, limited coverages. There's only one or two analysts covering the stock. Number two, it might be a new company. So if a new company, they have less history and the performance that investors can can uh, or analysts can use to predict performance and then inconsistent analysis. There's a wide dispersion of analyst estimates reflecting that the fact there's a lot of uncertainty. So if you see those three things, kind of look and see, you know, maybe uh, I should be a little careful. And then you have to lower your portfolio volatility. One of the easiest ways to help reduce volatility, volatility in a portfolio is to keep some of your portfolio in cash or cash equivalents. So what's the benefit of that? This helps you to keep from having to sell other assets in times of need, which can result in a loss if the market is down. An appropriate amount of cash depends on your goals. So for one person, they might want to have 20,000 based on what they do on their every day or their monthly bills or emergency or whatever. And another person, it might only be a 5,000 or 1,000. So the first thing is to make sure you have a percentage available in cash or cash assets, cash equivalents. There are other options, rebalancing. Some of you may have heard that the goal of rebalancing 
is to lower the risk of severe loss by keeping your portfolio di diversified. Over time, different assets have different returns and losses, as we just talked about. And rebalancing helps get things back in the mix for personal risk tolerance. Rebalancing can feel counterintuitive because sometimes you have these stocks that have been making you money. They've been fun to watch, but now it's time to move on to them. And then you start to try to buy stocks that you want as they decline in value. One of the good things about rebalancing, you can set that up to happen automatically if you already have an investment portfolio. So you don't have to remember or you can make sure you keep in touch with your financial professional to say, you know, how's my portfolio doing? Or more than likely, if there's an issue, you have a financial professional, he or she will contact you directly. And then, of course, buying bonds. I don't want to get too much into bonds. We know what bonds are. Uh, bonds are loans to the government that you can uh, that you can buy and purchase. And that has the ability to uh, rebalance your portfolio. And then number three, you have to invest consistently. You know, we have people looking for quick returns. They want to pick the right stock and sell it at the right time. But if you use a dollar cost averaging strategy, that's something different. With that, it's all about patience and discipline and looking at the long term. And it can help you as an investor keep your emotions out of the process. With dollar cost averaging, investors contribute the same amount at regular intervals, usually once or twice a month to an investment account. When the market is down, the money buys more shares. When the market is up, it buys fewer shares, obviously. But because markets generally rise over time, investors who can keep their hands off the stash that they're investing might have a nice pot of money over the long term, especially compared to what they get might get from a savings account or a money market account. And then some investors hand over their, and, and this is what most of us do. Some of us hand over our cash, you know, have our money coming out our uh, paycheck and don't pay attention to where their for your 401k plan administrator or your IRA might put it. But you know, you have the ability to pick the companies in your own portfolio. And if you feel strongly about that, you need to talk to your financial investor, talk to your people who hold your IRA because you have the ability and you can pick stocks that you want. And remember, it's your money that you're investing in. So you have a right to say, hey, I want to move my money to this company over from this particular company who I don't have confidence in. And then you have to establish a minimum loss plan. You need, before, before you start investing, you ha have to have a plan. We always talk about that you potentially in getting involved in investing, you always want to invest what you can lose. But at the same time, you just don't want to give away money. So when you look at your capital, you want to say in advance every single day, this is a, a maybe every week or maybe every month, or maybe you look at it as a year. This is the amount of money I'm willing to lose on the capital that I have invested. Plain and simple, you have a certain, a certain amount of money and you decide, once again, based on your tolerance, tolerance, it could be 10%, 20%, 30%. You know, you decide. You decide what's the maximum risk plan for you and then you kind of go from there. And then the next thing, you want, you can find a, follow the trends. One thing we need to realize that the trend is your friend until it ends. So you, why you want to follow the trends, you want to look at it because usually a trend is where everybody going and once again, if everybody is buying the stock, what's that going to do? That's going to make the price go up. But you need to make sure that you're managing it properly. So as soon as it starts dropping, that you can get out of it. 
One way to manage the investment risk is to commit to only buying stocks or ETFs that are on an uptrend and then sell them once they violate their trend line support. You can draw your own trend. And now we're talking about uh, graphing and different things like that. If you're into that, finding out its resistance, the highest level is going to go to before it bounces back down and then find support. The lowest level is going to go down, down to that it bounces back up. So every stock has a support and resistance line, which you can learn how to do yourself. And then if the price breaks that support level by a predetermined amount, you get rid of it. You sell it. And then you have the opportunity to do position sizing. Sizing another way to that's another way to limit your exposure. So if a given investment is riskier than other, we talked about Bitcoin last week, how risky it is. You can choose not to invest in it or to invest only a small amount of your available capital. Many investors use this approach to gain exposure to riskier sectors like biotechnology or small cap stocks, or as we mentioned, uh, Bitcoin. A 50% loss on a $2,000 investment hurts a lot less than a 50% loss on a $20,000 investment. So the easiest way to lower your stock market risk is to shift some of your capital to cash. And then stop loss orders. This is one of my favorite ones, which I've just learned. You can place a stop loss order with your broker that will automatically sell out all or part of your position if a given stock or ETF falls below a preset point. So once, once you buy a stock or ETF, you can set it up and say, hey, if it falls below this point, I want to sell it. That way you minimize your exposure. Of course, the trick is to set the price low enough that you won't get stopped on a routine pullback, but high enough that you will limit your capital loss. Placing a stop loss order is one way to limit the damage to your portfolio and kind of to force yourself to follow a strict defensive discipline. Moving or ignoring stop loss levels almost always results in greater losses in the end. The first exit is the best exit. Keep that in mind. The first exit is the best exit. So those are the strategies that we talked about in making sure and minimizing risk. I'm going to go over them again. Diverse, choosing diversified sectors. Avoid surprise earnings. Lowering portfolio volatility. And then investing consistently. Because we talk about the stock market always go up over time. So if you consistently invest, your investment will consist will go up over time. And then establishing a maximum loss plan. And then kind of follow the trends. If you see people are investing, kind of investigate and see if you want. More than likely, if everybody's following that trend, there's money behind that trend. And then, of course, position sizing, saying I'm going to limit the amount of capital if I think this potential investment is risky. And then, of course, the last one is stop loss orders where you can place a stop loss order and say, hey, once I lose, once it gets to this price, I want to automatically sell. OK, so the final thing we're going to talk about today is seven value stocks that we can buy. You know, sometimes stocks are expensive, you know, and you want to have a certain amount. Of, you, if you have a if you have a limited budget, you might not be able to afford a Tesla. Or I'm trying to think of something else or NVIDIA or or something like that. So if we can put the uh, the screen up where it says seven value stocks. Yeah, we're having a problem with our banners tonight. Okay. I'm still struggling trying to get them up. Okay. We're having a problem with them downloading, but I'll bring it up as soon as it downloads. Okay, cool. 
So seven value stocks to buy, something cheap you can buy that can fit your investment portfolio. Number one, Bank of America. Today it ended at $33.01. Bank of America trading around that amount trades at 14 times its 2001 estimated earnings and one and a half times its tangible book value. Warren Buffett, Buffett Berkshire Hathaway has been adding uh, stake to his Bank of America holding. It owns about 12% of Bank of America stock. The next one is Coca-Cola, which is about a little less than $50, $48.70 per share at the end of today. Uh, the reopening of restaurants, stadiums, and other public venues will lead to a rebound in sales for Coca-Cola. And then CVS, I think we mentioned that a few weeks ago. Uh, CVS Health. CVS is going to play a vital role in the U.S. vaccine distribution uh, in 2021. And then two, two of them together, Liberty Braves Group and then the Madison Square Garden Group. We know the Liberty Braves Group own the Atlanta Braves and then the Madison Square Garden Group, Garden Sports. They own the New York Knicks and the New York Rangers. So the thing, they're one of the few publicly traded sports teams. So these are assets that should be valued by what somebody will pay for them. So, you know, in the NBA, somebody will pay billions of dollars for a team and the same, same thing in Major League Baseball. So that value is what someone will pay for them. So those are good investments. The Liberty Braves is $25.52 a share. And then, of course, Madison Square Garden Sports. That's 174 share. We know the Knicks and uh, uh, the Rangers are worth a lot of money in the New York assets, sports assets. And then Cisco. Cisco is the largest player in the few distribution industry. So once again, once COVID, we emerge from COVID, that's the area that's going to uh, start to grow again. So you want to look at Cisco, which at the end of the day was at 75.57 per share. And then Disney. And Disney is always something to look at uh, because once the pandemic ends, its theme parks are going to open back up. So that's additional that's revenue that's going to pump back into this to into Disney. And then, of course, we all know about Disney Plus as they transform their media platform into a streaming focused global content company. So there's that opportunity. There also, Disney Plus and they have other things going on. So just think about it along these lines. We see how expensive Netflix is and their platform. And now Disney is trying to grow, go into that market and take away some of that uh, market share from Netflix. And this Disney definitely does have the content to do that with all their different movies with Marvel. Uh, I think the WandaVision thing on Marvel just came out today. And they have a lot of things coming up in the future. All right. So that's all I have. For you guys today, Paris Deshaun, did you want to add to anything? Did you have anything to say? No, I was trying to wait and see if we had any questions. But I, one thing I wanted to put out there, as you so uh, eloquently spoke about tonight, you know, when you get into uh, investments, it is a long term view. And you should approach it as a long term view. We all know that. You know, like you said, people want to grab a stock, want it to go up two days from the day they bought it. Right. And then sell it after they get a massive return on their investment. But the healthy way to do it, I guess you can look at They always tell you the healthy way to lose weight is to do it 
progressive slowly and progressively over time right over a matter of months and i guess financially to be healthy you want growth progressively daily weekly monthly and that's the way we should look at it you know kind of put a, a target a year from now where do you want to be as you invest and then go and invest accordingly exactly and then you have to have a plan you have to have a plan how you're going to achieve that you have to plan have to have a plan on how i'm gonna minimize my uh, risk uh the amount of money i lose uh because i remember a few months ago president uh trump made a statement the stock market was going up it was having a nice day i can't remember what he said and the stock market just dropped yeah. so you can't anticipate things like that happening so you have to have a plan in place before that happens to minimize your risk uh, and then you can't you know uh everybody who's been involved in the stock market or trading uh either trading stocks or trading uh, options knows that you know part of losing money is a part of the game but you want to minimize that as much as possible absolutely and for you guys out there those stocks that he talked about we're going to put them up on the screen right now for you those are the seven value stocks to buy financial fridays he talked about bank of america coca-cola cbs health liberty braves you know it's hard for me to say msg sports because i don't <laughs> like the knicks and right. conglomerate uh, just teasing cisco and you know i love the last one bro yes sir yes they do me well walt disney as they are the parent company of the company that i work for. and about that company i forgot all about that see <laughs> that's another reason to buy it i'm not gonna mention no yeah. I'm we had some uh we had some mcu announcements this week about some reboots and uh with captain america so you know that my, my portfolio was jumping up and down yes sir yes sir <laughs> i understand yes yeah. oh and that's another thing i would encourage people to do as well you know you might invest in a parent company but do the research and find out the tentacles of those companies so that you know when something positive is happening for your investment so anytime i see marvel comics you know or in and dc is another uh piece of disney as well right now so anytime i see movies being made or uh other adventures uh whether it's short films or tv series coming via dc comics or mcu i get happy because i know the stock right. is going to go up stock is going to go up and as i said they're trying to bite into netflix uh market share and i think they have a good plan uh out there and i think they're gonna cut in i think that stock price is gonna go up yeah and we don't know this is the thing about 2021 which makes it in my opinion one of the most interesting years to be involved in trading or buying stocks or options is that we don't know what life will look like we absolutely don't know. once everything opens up we don't know what it's going to look like and once again the stock market is anticipating that everything is going to go up but at the same time, as you said, all this is based, most of the things I talked about is based on the pandemic ending, right? That's the expectation that the stock market has, that the pandemic is going to end some, sometime in 2021. That's the whole expectation. But as I mentioned earlier, what if it doesn't? What if something happens? What if the virus mutates and you know the uh, vaccine isn't effective? We have to be prepared to have our financial strategies in place 
to say, hey, I'm going to limit the amount of money I lose, the, limit the amount of capital I lose in my investment portfolio. And then based upon the moves that were made by Governor Pritzker today and uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, we know that she is beginning to lift some of the restrictions on uh, indoor uh, eating at restaurants. Mm -hmm. so you'll see that industry begin to pick up exactly. uh, regions of the state were uh, dropped from tier three and opened up a little bit more. Yes, sir. That the schools are starting to have students back in. Yep. We're starting to have in-class students. So uh, people, the workforce might be impacted by that. So these are all small little indicators that might give you a, a hunch or a hint to what's to come in the next couple of months. We do know the inauguration is on the 20th. Right. Uh, new regime will take place and start taking control. They've already put it out there that the $1.9 trillion bill that they're going to try and get passed as soon as they get in office, which will include that $1,400 stimulus check. So that's something that will impact definitely uh, buying and purchasing for people. So those are all small things coming up in the near future that could impact your decision when you're looking at different stocks to buy. And we talked about that last week when we talked about COVID stocks to buy. We talked about Walmart. We talked about Target. Mm -hmm. We talked about Dollar Tree, Gen Dollar Tree and Dollar General. Because once they receive those $1,400 checks, people are going to start shopping. As you said, that's an infusion of capital in two companies. Yeah. And then, you know, the release, I believe the release of Sony stock is something to look into. Because, mm -hmm. of course, anytime they come out with a new console, the initial launch is always short to right. increase demand, which yields to the price that they want to set. But now the second release is coming, which is going to be a far larger amount of consoles worldwide being put out there in various uh, distributors. You're talking about the PlayStation 5. The Play right. PlayStation 5. Yes, so, you know, Sony stock is something that you have to look at because there will be a lot of units being sold worldwide. Over the next two or three months, the initial second release was supposed to be the back half of January, but now they're looking at sometime around the Super Bowl. They want to get in on that Super Bowl marketing and advertising. So now, first week of February for the second release of the PlayStation 5. That's something to look at with Sony stock as well. Yes, sir. Fantastic. All right. We have your information to put up. Let people know where they can get in contact with you, bro. Yes, sir. So you can contact me on Facebook at MISI Financial Literacy or my email. You can contact me directly at Alonzo Hinton at MISI Financial Literacy dot org. If you have any questions or if you need any advice. And please, if there are any topics that you would like for us to cover, please email us during the week. Send us messages via Chicagoland Christian Center. You can go to the website, cccembassy.org, and you can also give us questions via the uh, website as well. Um, or you, uh, Apostle Marshall Davis's Facebook page. My Facebook page is Sean Marcel Davis. There are a ton of tons of ways to get in contact with us so we can know how to best serve you and to allow us to bless you with financial information. So, uh, want you to keep in mind, Man of Mondays, we had a great blast from the past classic MDM showing last week. Part two of that message will be coming back on the 26th. That's the 26th of January.
we have a special panel coming to you this Monday, and it's entitled, Where Do We Go From Here? The Black Church. Where do we go from here? I can't the Black wait. Church. And I can tell you now, we're talking about everything from uh, the response of Christian evangelicals to the current events. We're going to talk about the term used church hurt and whether or not we should be using it and church hurt on both sides, leadership and laity. Uh oh, and we'll be getting into a lot of other stuff. So let all your friends know we'll be right back here Monday, 7 p.m. with a special panel talking about where do we go from here? The black church. You'll be blessed. Man of Monday is presented by Marshall Davis Ministries. Well, bro, another great episode of Financial Fridays. Yes, sir. Also, you can go to MDM TV as well on YouTube. MDM TV on YouTube. That's where we upload all of our previous episodes of Financial Fridays and also Man of Mondays. Our catalog will be there. We thank you so much for continuing to follow us, continuing to follow us, continue to be blessed. Also, this month is our month of consecration first fruits we're fasting we're praying for the kingdom of god we're praying for you and we're also releasing the prophetic this month via our prophets and our own prophetess Catherine davis you can go to chicagoland christian center's facebook page right now and both sessions prophetess Catherine davis she started it with her prophetic for the month it's right there you'll see it replays each and every 30 minutes on the page Chicagoland Christian Center on Facebook. And then we have Prophet Anthony Williams and Prophet Arnitra Baker. They did part two this past Tuesday. It was a blessing. Go yes, and receive the prophetic impartation via our prophets here for the end time in this season via Chicagoland Christian Center and that Facebook page. It will bless you. I promise you, it will bless you. And yes. for those of you that have experienced already, get a refresher. Make sure you're hearing the right thing from God and that you're hearing from God clearly what he wants you to do and the steps that he's giving you and the orders he's giving you so that you know the path that you're supposed to walk in this time and this season. Amen. Well, I'm excited. I'm yes, excited. For those of you that I get to see on Sunday morning, I can't wait to see you. For those of you that I get to see you viral, virtually, whether it's Facebook or cccembassy.org, the website. I'm excited to see you there. And we just love you guys so much. I do have a special announcement or a special message from the Apostle Marshall Davis. He said, tell my people, wait till I get back. All right, now. So he, he, right, is, he is on fire, man. And just having conversations with him about what's happening. I mean, I've had a great conversation with him today around lunchtime about the move of God and what God is doing right now. And I can tell you now, he sees clearly now, more clearly now than he's ever seen as yes, the sir. apostle. The stuff that he's saying is right on time. We can't wait for him. I'm trying to get him. I'm trying to get him to join us. Y'all pray for me because I'm trying to get him to join us for Man of Mondays. I'm trying to get him to join us for Man of Mondays. You all pray for me that I have the wisdom and the words to nudge him onto the screen so he can bless us about this topic where do we go from here yeah church amen because we need his wisdom you didn't get me hype bro hey that's where we're at we're blessing the people of god we're merely vessels and we're blessed that god has chosen us 
to be able to be a blessing to the kingdom of God and the world at large. So for my brother, Elder Alonzo Hinton, I am Pastor Sean Davis. We'll see you right back here Monday, 7 o'clock for a special panel. Where do we go from here? The Black Church. And then we'll be right back here next Friday for another edition of Financial Fridays. God bless you. God keep you. And as always, the best is yet to come.